you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is tired of Bill's quarterback battle stories. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's happening? What is happening? We're joined here by uh, Mark Sessler. Nope, that's just a Browns helmet with a headset on it. Very clever by our producer, TD. I like that. You can see the TD is really starting to get into the spirit of things now that NFL Now is live. We can – I mean, we said this before, and it was not true. It was – I wouldn't call it a lie to the listeners and viewers. It was just we didn't know. It, was, it wasn't ready, but now it is ready. NFL.com slash now where you can watch every episode in full, gentlemen, uh, as well as clips and – I don't know, maybe I don't is there anything else, T D that they do you get any money if you watch it? Is there any other reason to entice people to watch it? Um, just watch the show, guys. This is a full on show. This is uh this is a show at maximum strength, as Dave Damashek would say. Well, all of our audio don't want it, you don't have to. All of our audio listeners who have been pining, just waiting to see Greg's antics in the studio, now you can see. <laughs> this is the big moment. And um, if you've noticed, uh, people that are watching, Chris Wessling has I would say the look of a, a Cheshire cat. Right now, a really? mm. couple days out of the out of the office. He's That's actually just the makeup they put put on. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the painted Jack on a smile. Joker. I look like Pagliacci. Um, you know, you've been out and about uh, in the city, and we haven't had a lot of communication with you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I was only off one day, by the way. It was just an off day. Yeah. You met up with a listener of the show. I yeah. And how's that going? Pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun. Is, what else are you going to give us? That's all I got. I'm expecting Dan to really dive in here. You're <laughs> well, the one I don't that's know intrusive how to play into it. our private lives. Usually. I love to dive into the private life, but it was very busy this morning, so didn't even get a chance to talk to us. I don't know how you know if Wes would rather keep this off the air or rather, whether he wants to talk I think it's a little too late it. for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Greg dove in. So I guess the question is, when are we going to meet her? Uh, <laughs> is she on the show today? Is Is she far enough away? Uh, where it wouldn't be feasible for her to drive in right now and, and sit in Mark's spot. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she's not going to be on the show. She's in Marina Del Rey, and I think she's just going for a jog on the beach. Wow. You, you, so she's fit. I, you know, before you got up here, I, you know, I talked a, a little bit. And at one point you did say you compared to, to a cross between you and <laughs> Sessler at some point, which sounds uh, confusing and attractive at the same time. Wait, the woman is a cross between I Well, I was talking more specifically about her, her um, partying habits. Okay. Oh. Uh, you know, you going out. You went out a little bit around We town. went out the last two nights, yeah. Anyway, so this is – we're going to delve into this very deep as time progresses. It might even end up ruining the relationship. I wouldn't be surprised. But we're not trying to do that. We want this to – we want something to bloom here. I don't think you can ruin it. Wow. Good. All right, I like that. I'll take that as a challenge. I thought he was talking about Wes's relationship with us because it, it definitely <laughs> ruined that. Yes. And speaking of Wes, before we get into what's coming up today, I want everybody to know that next week what's coming back, and it's perfect timing with NFL now uh, launching uh, finally, Win Wes's Toaster is right around the corner again. Oh, wow. The Woo! final also news to Wes, who was gallivanting across the West Coast yesterday. Uh <laughs> Win Wes's Toaster, the game of skill and valor, uh, are, are you know very popular, hated by uh, the boss Greg Rosenthal. Trivia game is coming back one more time before the season starts. Wes to defend his title and his toaster. I like it. Dan was like, you know, what can we do before we actually have important things to talk about, you know, when football season starts? Oh, here's one thing just to waste <laughs> some time. I, I mean, you could look at it that way if you don't like fun. I look at it as – it's going to be something very I, exciting. Truth be told, I'm starting to kind of tire of the game myself. Just wow, it's gotten too easy. Whoa. Well, you know what? I take that. All as a these tomato challenge. cans we've had lined up. Last it's time just I, gotten too easy. Last time I heard that, it was about you and your cornhole, and that hasn't been going well lately either. I think it's true. going pretty well. Just put it this way: just like I took you down in cornhole last weekend, you might face it a, a new challenger that might make you think, "Ooh, this game is still challenging." Are you going to throw a party and? Dump a bunch of uh, substances into my body before we play the toaster game, too? It smells like excuses in here. <laughs> Not a bad idea. All right, big show coming up today, gentlemen. A lot to get to, a lot of news. Two preseason games on Thursday, the the Lions and Redskins and the Bills and Cleveland Browns, who our uh, um, friend and colleague, Connor Orsett, he predicted Buffalo-Cleveland, the game of the preseason, an 11-10 final out in uh, – in Cleveland. They'd so. have an exciting ending, but it also was 3-3 going into the fourth quarter. So Shocking. I, I don't know if it was the game of the preseason. So we'll get into those games and some really uh, juicy subplots uh, coming out of those. We'll also, and this is uh, part three of three, uh, we've been doing it all week, so we hope we, you've been taking notes of the around the NFL fantasy extravaganza. Mm. Celebratory and special. Yes, part three, we're going to get into a closer look at the quarterbacks, which you're not winning your fantasy league without some stud quarterback play. And then, and this is really, this will not be talking about players, but philosophies mm. Ooh, of like draft kind of day, of which will give give um, the icons of fantasy here, Greg and Wes, a chance at, at the floor. And with NFL media outsider, a fantasy outsider, Mark Sessler out of the office today, um, I will step in. I will give some philosophies as well. Mm. Uh, good luck to Mark, who's fighting a $600 ticket at City Hall today. Wow. That's a, that's a true story. Well, I think this Browns helmet might really offer as much good fantasy advice as, as the fantasy outsider has during the week. <laughs> Shots fired. Mm. You, okay. could, you could definitely at Mark Sessler 
NFL with that line from Greg oh, Rosenthal. Stop. <laughs> uh, so that's everything coming up today. And uh, so, TD, we uh, I'll throw it to you behind the glass, buddy. Um, are we going to do some new? Is this part of the news, or is this? Are we talking about the games first? How are we doing this? We're, we're going to do. We're going to do news. We're going to talk about the games. All part of. It's all part of the show, guys. And I'm just glad that we're here. Well, I know it's, it's part, part of the show. Do uh, the shadowy oh figures know uh. that you have a ball cap on right now and you are on video? Hey, I'm behind the glass, guys. What yep. a hypocrite! Wait, he also has a graphic, and you can watch. What it a hypocrite! Where he refers to himself as young Kobe. I don't refer to myself. That's why it's in quotation marks. It's also youngish Kobe. You're almost 30 years mm. old. I hope I hope Kobe. nobody high up You're sees like you in the You're like five years younger than Kobe. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's start. Uh, yeah, let's start with the games then. And uh, if we're going to start with the games, we should probably start with Robert Griffin III. Yeah, we got to do a news drop. Oh. Let's do it. This is why you lift all them weights. All right. That's part of the show. Okay. I'll, can I talk about Robert Griffin III now? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. Uh, the Redskins quarterback who is entering really what feels like a make-or-break year in Washington. Uh, but after what we saw on Thursday, you wonder if he's even going to have a chance. He got absolutely battered in a 21-17 win over the Lions. He left the game in the second quarter after suffering a concussion and a shoulder stinger. Greg, uh, you wrote about this. He took an absolute pounding in a short amount of time. The same – thing that happened in the first preseason game happened even more in this game. Every time he dropped back, he got hit hard. Literally, he dropped back to pass eight times, and he got hit six times. He fumbled the ball twice. He got sacked three times. They gained or they lost five yards combined on those times eight going back. So it was a fiasco of epic proportions. Most of it was on the offensive line. And a lot of, and some of it was on Robert Griffin the third too. Michael Robinson had a great piece after the game showing how he didn't see a free blitzer, and any veteran quarterback or even a young quarterback should know that. And he got hammered because of it on one of those plays. It does. He doesn't look any different than he did last year. No, he holding the ball too long in the pocket. Look, he basically got sacked at a, at a historic rate last year. No quarterback since 1992 has had. As few pass attempts and as many sacks as RG3 did last year. He had basically the same amount of dropbacks as Kirk Cousins, and he was sacked 33 times. Kirk Cousins was sacked eight times last year. This, the problem is RG3. This is a horrific match. You have a, an offensive line, and Brandon Scherf, the number five overall pick, did not do well here. They were missing their left tackle, which doesn't help matters. But this is a match of an offensive line that's overwhelmed against a good defensive line, by the way. Um, and a quarterback that cannot uh, feel pressure, that doesn't know how to read blitzers. So you put those things together. There's almost, and I tweeted it yesterday, there's almost no way I can imagine, unless uh, RG3 could get benched for performance reasons too, but that he's healthy after week three of the season. He's just going to get hurt. I totally agree. He's played less than a half of football, and he's taken at least nine big shots so far. I mean, that's that's crazy. He's taken more big shots than Tom Brady takes in – an entire season. Now, this time, most of them really was the offensive line's fault that uh, Sheriff, as you mentioned, I mean, he just got pushed back by one of Ndamukong Sue's replacements, Tyron Walker. Uh, Ross Tucker, who's a former guard, you know, made the comment, uh, I think it's safe to say Sheriff's not going to be this year's Zach Martin, as they were trying to talk him up. They've already moved positions. He struggled. But it has to be mentioned, on the play in which Robert Griffin III was concussed and they checked him out for a shoulder stringer, shoulder stinger he just dropped the ball I mean, he just dropped the ball no one touched him he fell on the ball and people jumped on him that was his second fumble 
both of those fumbles last night were really on him. He's had terrible ball security, too, as a pro. So that's that's a legitimate problem. No no one kind of pointed that out after the game, that, that that's on him that he got hurt in that spot. He forgot how to play quarterback last year, and nothing I've seen in these two preseason games suggests that he's relearned it. He needs a fresh start. He needs to sit for a year mm-hmm. behind another quarterback, and he needs to be rewired to learn how to play in the pocket. This I don't th- think that's going to happen in Washington. This, to me, is the most depressing team in the NFL right now. I don't see any reason for hope in Washington. I think this is another. This is a four and twelve season, and I don't see how you can get excited about this team. And I, I don't want to. How about their number five overall draft pick, the guard? They Randy drafted Sheriff. him to play right tackle, and he's already been converted to guard and gotten worked over. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to. And maybe he's apparently he's a much better run blocker at this stage, and he's working on his game. That's but what like, they say when you can't. Pass that's not going to sell tickets. They got a big stadium to fill in Washington. It seems like it's going to be a very good time long for you to make your point about. Uh, first-round offensive lineman high in the draft. Yeah, everyone always says those are safe picks, and there have been more busts in the offensive line lately than anything. Jason Smith, Eric Fisher. I'd like to see Luke Jokel block somebody. Luke Jokel. It is worth noting Jay Gruden said after the game that he expects Robert Griffin III uh, will remain the starter. It's not like a situation where if these guys come in and look great, they expect Griffin, once he's back, will be starting. We'll see both those quarterbacks, and maybe a third. John Beck could be in the picture. Colt McCoy was the one who replaced him last night. They're saying Colt McCoy could be the backup. I kind of doubt that. He'll be injured just as much as RG3. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns, who uh, lost an 11-10 heartbreaker. You know, we don't study the scores enough, but (laughs) 11-10 is a funny score. Well, not only that, when EJ Manuel completes a a beautiful touchdown. Yeah, it's a fourth string. Just over a minute left. And then they put up a two-point conversion also from EJ Manuel on it. That's a tough way to lose. I just want to read actually aloud uh, the text I was getting from Mark Sessler last night. This wasn't a pre-planned bit. WTF was that. That was off of Manziel Pass. F this team. I'm editing it here. They're a S show. That's after the two-point conversion. So he was not feeling Oh, yeah, good. he's not plugged in on this. While thing. I was off gallivanting around, as you put it, I yes. texted Mark because I was getting texts from people on Tybee saying, Johnny Football looks like a real player. And I texted Mark, and he says, barely, he was okay. Two great throws, some messiness. So that's the situation. That's what we'll talk about here. Johnny Manziel did not start this game. Josh McCown did. And, you know, Wes, Josh McCown stinks. I mean, I, I, I know he doesn't have a lot of tools around him, but he he appeared in three seasons Why did you here. take the second preseason game after which he played poorly and said he stinks, but after he played great in the first preseason game, you didn't say, hey, Josh McCown's awesome. Well, listen, because we have enough evidence to know that he stinks, so when I see him stink again, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Josh McCown that the Browns are going to get. He throws two picks and three possessions. He doesn't – he just – he's basically uh, – he takes way too many chances, and he can't do it with this type of skill player talent. He's not a good caretaker, Wes. I don't think he is a caretaker. I, I, I think you're right about that. But I don't think you should judge him off of, like, what, a quarter of action and one Well, I'm judging him game? off his whole career other than five games. I agree with that, Wes, but the second interception – uh, which was picked off by Ronald Darby, was a reminder. There was a couple throws like that that he took off his back foot with pressure right in his face, and it was kind of that Josh McCown, oh, I'm just going to go for it. I'm the old well, Southern worked. boy slinger. That's not going to work with the Browns. <laughs> it worked the when old. you were throwing to 6'4", Brandon Marshall, 6'3", Alshon exactly. Jeffrey, and 6'7", Martellus Bennett. Exactly, but so that's, I agree. You know, most teams don't have that. I and, totally and so agree. That, that's that's a problem when you've got Taylor Gabriel and <laughs> Travis Benjamin at 5'9", or whatever they are. Uh, Mark, your thoughts? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plenty of hope. Okay. Thank you, Mark. You're upset. Okay. Good talk, Mark. <laughs> um, the old Southern boy gunslinger, by the way, I like, or slinger. I like that. Yeah. 
That's kind of what McCown is. He's like a poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a so, poor man's Jay Cutler. So McCown, McCown doesn't do anything. He plays a half. Johnny Manziel comes in, does some things. I mean, he had some moments. He finished 10 of 18, 118 yards, threw a touchdown, had at least one play on a nice scramble where it reminded you of the old Johnny football days at Texas A&M. Um, so it, it leads to the question, do the Browns have a quarterback controversy brewing here? Mike Pettin shot it down, but should we believe Josh McCown will absolutely start week one still? Absolutely. There's no controversy now, but there will be. There's no way McCown's starting all season. Uh, Pettin said after the game, McCown is firmly the number one. And I've been, I said it to open the preseason. Manziel is competing against the o- October version of McCown that's going to be struggling. And right now, Manziel has shown enough, I think, in the preseason to get the coaches thinking, okay, he, he could be a good mi- midseason replacement. That one throw he had on the move was unbelievable. But the other decisions which John Gruden really liked was he was making checks at the line of scrimmage. He was throwing short passes. These two weeks where I watched him, I would just say he looked okay. He looked like a solid NFL quarterback, and that's progress for him. I agree. I think that uh, everything you pointed to means that when they are three and six or whatever, and the the people in Cleveland are going to be clamoring for Johnny Manziel at that point. I would be surprised, yeah, if McCown doesn't play well. I don't think there's going to be a ton of rope. I could see him playing by the end of September, potentially. Mm. That I think, yeah, it's like last year when the Jaguars kept swearing up and down that Bortles would sit out all season, and you knew by by the end of September he'd be starting because we know what, Jay, what Josh McCown is. I, we know what Chad Henney is. It's a weird thing, though. With quarterbacks, it's like they're either good or they're bad, and there's no in-between with the storyline. Last week after RG3's game, RG3 good. So he's good. Now everything is good with RG3. He played pretty well. This week, it's like Josh McCown's bad. I thought bad. we pointed out last week well, that Kirk Cousins it. was a well, better quarterback than see, RG3. We see I'm, subtleties. Oh. But I'm just saying, Manziel was fine, but let's not get carried away. It was 6.5 yards per attempt. They didn't really score much. I'm dropping my um, confidence that the Browns are a playoff can- contender down to two and a half Indian burial grounds <laughs> after watching the game on Thursday. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, let's talk about the Bills now, and let's talk about Tyrod Taylor, who uh, played the entire first half in this game. Uh, again, looked competent. Uh, he completed 7 of 10 passes, 65 yards. He had uh, four runs for 41 yards, again, showing that mobility that you know Rex Ryan uh, loves uh, in a quarterback. So uh, you look at this, it really does seem like Chris Wessling, this is his job to lose. Well, I think we've we've seen this since April. We knew it would be Tyrod Taylor's job to lose. Matt Castle is a bum. Okay. Well, wait a second. Now you're, you're saying just we, antagonizing. Using the royal we, Greg Look, Rosenthal. We knew Tyrod Taylor was going to be. Castle. We knew that EJ Manuel and Matt anything. Castle. He's played more this season than he's ever played before. We knew that those guys were failures in the NFL as starting quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor hasn't had a chance to fail yet. Rex Ryan loves him. And he adds an element to their offense that the other two guys don't. Well, here's what I know. Rex Ryan has no clue how to coach offense or quarterbacks or make decisions. And once he sees a quarterback running around for a first down, he's just going to get all excited. So Tyrod Taylor looked good last night. He only scored three points in three drives, so you know, let's not get carried too far away. But he made exactly. some good decisions. He made some NFL throws. I watched the first half of this game with Mark Sessler and our oh, downstairs. Yeah, by the way, oh, Ali Bombori. Bombori? Bombori. Editor downstairs. <laughs> uh, very upset that you called him a brony. He said he was part of brony culture, and he could be litigious about it, just letting you know. 
I he didn't mention the litigious part. I know that you've mentioned it a few yeah. times. Are you tr- are you angling to well, become I his be, lawyer? I want to be your book agent and Ali's <laughs> lawyer. So when you make a ton of money off books, I'll sue you for that money with Ali. I get it all. You're gonna have a hard time winning this case because I have photographic evidence of My Little Pony being on his screen. Okay. At on his computer at work. All right. Well, all right. Well, we'll dig into that a little more. Uh, <laughs> Greg, save us. I can't save this. This is off the rail. <laughs> Tyra Taylor, the one oh, thing. Well, one thing about. I it, remember my point, by the way. Let me just make it. Uh, I will say that he at one point he he completes a pass, Tyrod Taylor, and I think it was Ali or, or maybe it was Mark. Was like, wow, this guy can play. He just completed a pass. We don't want to get too excited about the guy. It's the Bills' offense. He completed a pass. That's yeah. that's noteworthy. I, I, as much as I've been rooting for Castle, I said I wrote after the game. Well, they just got to make Tyrod Taylor the starter now. Make him the starter. Everyone, that way he can play a lot in the third preseason game. Everyone can prepare. But, of course, immediately after the game, Rex Ryan says, we're not announcing a starter until week one of the regular season, and we might not start Tyrod Taylor next week in the preseason. So he can't even take a good thing and and take advantage of it. He can't handle the quarterback situation correctly at any point. Is there any way you could start none of them? (laughs) <laughs> can, can you can you start like Marcel Darius? I don't know. I love the EJ Manuel celebration though. After he threw the game winning so touchdown, it was big. It was the biggest. Moment the only person we know has no chance in this race. Uh, in other news, uh, yes, we talked about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, their number one wide receiver, went down with an injury on Wednesday, a sprained knee. Test confirmed the worst. A torn ACL for the emerging star. Uh, just a devastating setback. For the Panthers who needed Benjamin to kind of make the leap to superstar almost level status to get this offense really to the next level. Now they don't have him at all, Greg Rosenthal. How devastating is this to the Panthers? Chris mentioned the other day that he's one of the most valuable receivers to his team because there's such a big drop off after him. And his size really helps out Cam Newton, who just likes throwing it up high and deep. Their number one receiver right now is Corey Brown. If you don't know who that is, I didn't really either for a second. Then I figured out it was Philly Brown, and Philly Brown changed his name. That's their number one receiver right now. By the way, Philly Brown, a much better name than Corey Brown. Yeah. Everybody's named Corey Brown. There's got to be at least 17 point guards and 33 wide receivers named Corey Brown. He literally is listed as the starter opposite Benjamin. So, in theory, he's the number one, but it's going to be him and Funchess and Jericho Cotri. That is the worst wide receiver group in the league. That is worse than the Browns receiver group. Riverboat came out and said uh, that they're putting Funches into Benjamin's position now, which makes me think they want they want him to be the number one. He has the size. They he need the him talent. to be that. They good. need him. I think they went from NFC South favorites and a chance to surprise in the playoffs to anyone could take that division now, and I don't think they're going far in the playoffs without Kelvin Benjamin. And we should mention, if we're mentioning Funches and they're pushing him to be in that role and he thinks he can be it, he also strained his hamstring in that same practice. And just like we were saying on Wednesday's show, you never know what happens with a hamstring strain. You know, they think he'll be ready for practice next week, but you never know. So that even complicates his situation further. Yikes. Stephen Hill is somewhere thinking, this could have been my chance. Remember? Yeah. Well, well, let's look at some replacements, too. It's not like you're going to find anything on the free agent pile, either. Uh, Here are some names I'll throw out there. Reggie Wayne, Wes Welker, Santana Moss. Stop me when you hear somebody that will help this team. Santonio Holmes, Brandon Lloyd, Robert Meacham. They don't need to sign a veteran because they just kept Rakatri on the roster. Greg was talking about they were thinking about cutting him. Basically, don't sign Reggie Wayne. Just keep Kotri on the roster. He already knows the offense. Maybe Reggie Wayne is better than Jericho Kotri. He wasn't last year. Swap him out. I don't know. It's bad. Not exciting. It's It's a bad bad offense. They need their defense 
The only way that they win that division, I think, is if they their defense gets back to 2013 level. If Top you're five. Reggie Wayne and you're a borderline Hall of Famer, do you really want to spend the, like the last 13 games of your career, like posting 227 yards for the Panthers? A lot of guys have done that at the end of their career. Maybe Ugh. he still has it in him. But it would be good if he just went out as a Colt. We'll see what happens. Uh, other injury news. The Arizona Cardinals um, have an offensive line that, you know, entering training camp, we were excited about it. Well, I wouldn't say excited. I don't care. I mean, I think they're <laughs> going to be better, and they'll be good. It'll pick me out of the curtain on Dan's feelings on offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is. But uh, Mikey Upati, who they signed to a, they signed in March to a big deal, signed him away from the 49ers, is expected to undergo arthroscopic knee surgery that will <clears throat> sideline him about six weeks. Which at is least. At least six weeks, excuse me, which is just the latest problem for a line. Bobby Massey is facing a three-game suspension. There's some issues at center. So all of a sudden, guys, the Cardinals line, which looked much improved, may not be. Yeah, I think you had Jared Valdir at left tackle, Mikey Potty at left guard, a couple of guys who are Pro Bowl caliber. They thought they were all right at center. They had to bring back Lyle Senline because their two centers that they had in early in camp were so bad. Jonathan Cooper, 2013 first-round pick, uh, who was, basically has not played in the NFL in two years. Uh, we thought he could be good. He's a giant question mark. And like you said, Bobby Massey, their starting right tackle's out. Their whole offensive line is a question mark now. Well, Ayapati couldn't pass protect and, and was struggling with some injuries playing through it in San Francisco last year. They didn't really Hold make a big bid to re-sign him in the first place. Now he's out for a couple months. I'm just saying that. He's not a bad pass protector, like you said. He's play, his play fell off while playing through an injury. That happened. Sure. It's it, understandable. Now he's that doesn't again. make him a bad that pass made it, protector. That made him a risk uh, in free agency. And it does just make you wonder about this whole offense. You know, the running back. What's going on with the quarterback? Mark, the quarterback. He's coming off ACL surgery. His okay. second. 36 years old or whatever. It's a, it's a concern. It's you a put it all flag. together, and a, a couple of months ago we talked about the Cardinals as a favorite. I mean, the Vikings are also up there, but a favorite as a team around the NFL. And, you know, now we don't know. Mm. Now there's there's definitely a reason. And speaking of uh, the team of ATL, we're going to start getting into it more, aren't we? And, you know, maybe a little treat for our NFL Now users and, of, of course, the listeners because it's one of the great hits of all time. Roll it, TD. <laughs> The team, team of ATL. Oh, yeah. The Don't team talk over the Special honor. Very special. So special that the most boring team in the league became the team of ATL last year. Well, eight and eight San Diego Chargers or whatever they finish. Well, the 2013 Panthers that came out organically. There was a lot of fights for any new listeners that haven't been with us. We choose a team that really represents us as a group. It ultimately, Our ethos. It becomes Wes's favorite team since he doesn't really have a team. Uh, the Chargers didn't really work out too well last year, but I just uh, let's let's be fair, Wes. You're bagging on the Chargers, but we had the rest of us were ready to sign on for the Cardinals last year, early, in which the is season. a perfect team. And you threw up the stop sign, so you can't go get on us for eventually choosing why your second is, favorite. Why is Greg throwing up the stop sign on the Cardinals this year? Well, I just 
the it, teams go up, Way they to change go it's down. Happened. I know. You see it? <laughs> I, I just kind of think that this is a team that's going to fall back to the pack. Look at the changes that they've had on defense. Very few teams have had as much turnover on defense as they've had. Uh, they had the injuries last year, of course, on defense that they overcame. But it's, it's not as talented a group, I don't think, as you think. It's got a good secondary. They just seem like you got to pick two or three teams in each conference to fall out of the playoffs. And I'm, and I'm thinking, all right, the Cardinals are one of those teams. Mm, okay. I I think um, the Titans could be an option here. We mentioned this last week, but look, mm. Mark's in love with David Cobb. Mark has an obsession oh with David Cobb. It's getting weird, by the way. Greg mentioned they were his bunny. dark horse team. I like Mariota, and Dan, I was explaining yesterday while I was gallivanting around, yes. I, I told her Dan will go along with anything if it's going to make the podcast good. Yeah. That's true. That's his loyalty. No <laughs> my loyalty is with – no, my loyalty is with the listeners that's and the right. viewers, and there's nothing wrong with that. Christopher. No, I, I meant that as a compliment. Oh, that you, okay. you would not hold up a team of ATL because you'll do anything to make the podcast Here's good. where I think I, I like disagree with, with the rest of the guys in terms of choosing a team of ATL. I'd be fine with a team of ATL going 6-10 and 10 and 7-9. and nine. Like That doesn't mean they'd be unsuccessful to me. It's just they like just a team I like to and want to watch and whatever. They don't have to be the greatest team in the world. Let's get it just, right. Just like them. Let's get it. It would be pretty incredible if the Titans became – the team of ATL. It's a good storyline for you after they were the Titans last year. Yeah, very true. All right. This is it, guys. This is it. Part three of three. The final time we'll talk about fantasy uh, before the season. The fantasy extravaganza. Very regal. And for a reason, because this is a special conversation between two icons icons of the industry. Basically, not only did Greg and Wes both, uh, you know, make their bones over at Roto World, I think Greg built a site HTML-wise from the ground up. Brick I mean, by brick. A, brick by brick. Virtual brick. The, lies, on, the lies keep growing here. <laughs> he put on one of those, like, uh, virtual headsets from the movie Disclosure with Demi Moore and Michael Douglas. I want to see And that built that website. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, Mark is also here. Is he? It's right there. That's uh, so. Basically, you're going to get a lot of hot takes from him. The NFL media fantasy outsider, Mark Sessler, uh, actually out of the office today, of course. So I will, you know, I'll, I'm just a regular Joe. I'm just a guy in the presence of greatness. Uh, so I will chip in with some thoughts because I've been playing fantasy for like 20 years, won like one or two leagues. So that makes me somewhat. Uh, Qualified on some level. Whatever. Get off my back. And before we Dad. get into the quarterbacks, I do. I've been working all week trying to get like a catchphrase because, like I said, you need something that separates you from the rest. Yeah. So just a couple more. I know you guys. I had some, some dad stuff that you guys didn't connect as well. So here we go. Three more. Um, just do it. I think that's already been taken. But that's oh, it's taken. All right. Where's the beef? That's Wendy's. <laughs> Fantasy football. Where's the beef? The fantasy extravaganza, Bud Light. I said, <laughs> "I'm see, I'm losing. I'm like, uh, my confidence is what happened." I think you have a better chance of getting duh, winning to catch on than to have those taglines catch. On. All right, so I'm going in the wrong direction. So it's a good thing it's uh, it's over now uh, in terms of the slogan. So let's get into it now. The quarterbacks uh, and every league. Uh, when you win a league, you need a quarterback who's doing damage. So what we'll do is. Um, we'll start out with overvalued quarterbacks in this draft. These are guys that you want to – it would be nice to have them on your roster, obviously, but do not reach for them 
by any means. And we'll start with you, Greg Rosenthal. Well, I'm going to start with the guy who's uh, our producer, TD's favorite player in the NFL, throws a sexy deep ball. Not a sexy fantasy pick, TD. Oh, Russell watch Wilson. It. Watch I love it. that. Eight. He's overrated in uh, life. He's overrated in general. It's no, a phony. He's, he's really not uh, overrated as an NFL quarterback, but there's no need to take him in the third round when guys like Drew Brees and Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan and Tony Romo are getting taken five or six rounds later. I just don't think there's that big of a gap between Russell Wilson and the rest of the QB1 group. And if you look at where they're getting taken, you could take a great quarterback in round six or seven, and so that's what I would do. I was prepared to kill you for this, but you made such excellent points. that I Oh, yes. Because he does get a lot of rushing yards and rushing TDs. Don't you think that'll, that'll diminish a little bit over Maybe time? Maybe a little bit, but I think he'll make up for it by the fact that last year he had the worst collection of red zone weapons in the league, and this year he's got Jimmy Graham. He's got Chris Matthews emerging as a red zone guy. I think they're going to have a jumbo package. He's going to throw more touchdowns. So, But I, I totally agree that why take him in the third round when you can get a good quarterback later? Let me play devil's advocate to your point, uh, Greg. Um, and if you you speak against Russell Wilson, you are the devil. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that would be me. Which is, when you look at what Russell Wilson has done, I guess from a passing and yardage and touchdown standpoint, I wouldn't be surprised that it's kind of similar to Tom Brady pre-2006. What if Jimmy Graham is is – his version uh, is Russell Wilson's version of Randy Moss, and it turns Russell Wilson into a statistical dynamo. Is that a crazy thought? Yes, because maybe he's Randy Moss, and he's, first of all, he's not Randy Moss. He catches, okay. he gets like 1,000 yards. You know, Jimmy Graham in a good year, 1,200 yards. That's not true. There's no Wes Welker there. You know, there's, there is Jermaine Curse and Doug Baldwin in a team that wants to run the football and has – the greatest defense we've seen in the last five years. And they just, that's not their philosophy to throw the ball around like that. So yeah. I don't, I, we thought we, he would take a huge leap passing last year. It didn't really happen. Yeah, and Brady and Moss weren't breaking records when Corey Dillon was still one of the best backs in the league and rushing for 600 and something, 1,600 yards like Marshawn Lynch does. So I'm I think philo philosophically that wouldn't happen. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything from TD yet, who obviously has an affair going on with Russell Wilson. I don't. I would say, though, I haven't been on board the whole Sierra relationship thing. Yeah, We've got to think about how that could impact his fancy performance. He's trying too hard to be swagalicious now. Maybe he tries mm. to do too much on the football field, and that could be good for his fantasy numbers. Wait, has anybody noticed TD has never worn a hat before, and then we go – live on NFL now and he's got it like pulled down low trying to look like Usher or something. I thought he was just trolling me, but now I just realize he's trying to be cool. Look how low the hat. Well, is. you don't even need Guys, TD I'm, trying I'm to be hat once before. TD trying to be cool Friday. just goes unsaid. That's pretty much <laughs> that's what he's trying to look do at, at all literally time. every photo on his Facebook page. It's always he's always like, mean mugging for the camera and the ladies just like, "Hey, not, you got I'm this." Not a, I'm not a smiling kind of guy. I'm just I don't, you know, I'm not Dan. I don't have that you know, his lovely blue eyes. You know no, what? Don't, <laughs> don't try to change the subject, although you're correct. <laughs> 1998, class of 98 in high school, nice size, the old Zeuser. Uh, Wes, your overvalued QB. Wes, Dan still has that, like, framed on his wall. I do have it, Pearl River High School. Uh, I don't feel like we should just brush over that. Well, it is what it is. I, I won it, and uh, I took home the title, and it didn't lead to me having a fun time on prom night. Didn't have much luck in high school with women. Really? So what does it mean? Didn't help your confidence? Maybe. It just you would think that it would have maybe led to women be like, oh, I'm going to see Dan in a different light. Mm. No. It wasn't until you started acting more confidently that they. Confidence is, listen, any, any young men out there, 
that are worried they don't haven't gotten with a lot of girls or doesn't seem like girls notice them. It's all about confidence. You got to believe in yourself, and you that's can't a fake hard one. You can't fake that. And and TD, we go to TD. Actually, TD fakes it pretty well. <laughs> TD is great at faking it, and TD does well with women. That's a good point. Let's move on, guys. Let's talk about Wes. Right. Under- Wes, overvalued over- quarterback. A guy being drafted around the same place as Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning. Ew. You guys aren't drafting like 2013 Peyton Manning here. You're drafting a guy who couldn't throw at the end of last year, which could be a problem again this year when your fantasy championship is going on in December mm. with strong wins, with mm. elements. Peyton Manning, can you rely on him? Will he be healthy all year? Those are questions, not to mention the fact that he's going from a very pass-happy offense to Gary Kubiak's run-oriented scheme, an offense he's never played in before. We have no idea how that will happen, but his pass attempts are going to go down. Well, you said it, that the change in the offense is always going to be a concern for any quarterback, much less one at his age, and that's one of the reasons I don't like Russell Wilson. His career high in attempts is 450. One of the reasons that Peyton Manning is so great year after year in fantasy is he throws 650, 700 passes. I don't think that's going to happen again this year. Maybe that's going to help him long term, but I don't think that'll help his Listen, fantasy value. To Wes's point, by the way, the last four games of the season, I know a lot of teams don't or leagues don't play week 17 in fantasy, uh, but the last four games of the regular season, three home games at Denver when it's going to be freezing and windy and at Pittsburgh in week 15, which would be the semifinals in many uh, leagues. I so. wouldn't draft Peyton Manning in any round. That's just me. But wow. I don't. if you're thinking about taking Peyton Manning in a third or fourth round, what if, this just was hold the guy that was a, saying the Broncos had the greatest offense in NFL history a couple years ago. And now. When they did? Yeah. Yeah, but right. what about the group think in one quarterback league where everyone is like, oh, Peyton Manning's done, he's shot. And he's, what if he's sitting there in the sixth round? I – I have a philosophy that if I don't like a guy, I'm just not taking him. Philosophy teaser right there. No connection to the theology podcast, which we'll get to in a few weeks' time. Let's go with undervalued quarterback. Now we'll start with you, Greg. I'm going to go with a guy who last year was getting taken right around the same time as Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick. You want to take a guy Mm. who's shown he can do it in fantasy at a high level before that gets you the rushing yards, the free cheap fantasy points, and he's getting taken as a mid-level backup. He's got huge upside, big-time ceiling for a player getting taken in the 11th or the 12th round. I mean, sign me up for some Colin Kaepernick. What are you talking about? What do you mean? (laughs) This guy was getting sacked every other time he dropped back last year. He loses his Pro Bowl guard. His right tackle retires. Who's, who's playing offensive line for hey, this guy? Hey, you know who else thinks all that? All the lemmings out there in fantasy draft. <laughs> That's lemmings. why he's getting taken so late. This guy has running ability out the wazoo. Out the what? He's Wait, gonna have you to held Russell Wilson's running ability against him, and now you're he, citing it for Kaepernick. I'm just saying. What's a wazoo? They're a similar type of player. To <laughs> Washington me. State. They're, well, it also could be your. <laughs> uh, he's got. About the same profile as Wilson, but I think he'll throw more passes than Wilson because he's going to need to because he's going to have to. To lesser talents. He'll points. be throwing those passes to lesser he talents. Has a vi- you can't deny that he has a lot of talent in that arm and those legs and everything going on. He has on. a lot of strength in that arm, but I don't know if he has a lot of talent because he has no touch. Take guys coming off of bad years that have done it before. I mean, he had, to me, he has a very high ceiling in fantasy. He has a similar ceiling to Cam Newton and Russell Wilson who are getting taken away. In I have. I'm going to throw something out here in support of Greg's point. I have a bit of a Sessler. Mm. That being, wait. Sessler. 
Vernon Davis is going to have a nice bounce back season this year. Oh, I like that. Too. I think he's going to come back refocused. He's going to do some things, and that's going to help Colin Kaepernick uh, immeasurably. I can buy that. He's got some weapons. Bolden, Davis, Hyde, Torrey Smith. I mean, it's not the worst. And what's that see Ka- Kaepernick like, throwing 10 feet over Torrey Smith's head ever, all season long on a running loop? <laughs> oh, they finally found a fast receiver that can go oh, run under those that long the passes. That, yeah, they had Anquan the Bolden. He's still chugging down the field. You throw it deep, he can't catch up. Crabtree crab, can't catch up. That, By the way, that, catch up. that Madden NFL 16 YouTube video trailer that was released on Friday <laughs> is completely insane. You can check it out on the Around the NFL blog. I did a quick post about it. And where Colin Kaepernick plays Al Pacino from Ascent of a Woman. Uh, it's just insane. I don't even I don't even know if I liked it or if I thought it was funny, other than Julio Jones karate chopping someone literally thirty eight times. They should stick Tory Smith in the front row of the stand so he can catch Kaepernick's pass. Oh, oh Wes, that's not nice. Oh, Undervalued quarterback, Chris Wessler. Eli Manning. Ah, wow. Hello. You know that this is free. Manning, Manning for overvalued, undervalued. You know this is free money when I'm actually sticking up for Eli Manning. Yeah, I'm just going to listen. The Giants averaged 30 points a game in the last six weeks last season when Odell Beckham emerged. They had Ruben Randall. They pick up Shane Vereen, who's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. Victor Cruz is back. He's a wild card. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. But they're averaging 30 points a game without him. I'm, I'm taking guys this year in stacked offenses, and the Giants are one of them. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I'm not even mad. That, that's just amazing. I can't you're, you're Wes standing is, up for Eli Manning. Greg thinks Eli Manning's uh, due for the wheelchair this season. He's Eli still Manning, old, 33. powered by Odell Beckham. His schedule last year where he racked up a lot of those uh, big numbers were against the worst teams in the league. I don't know if you can count on that again. Although the NFC So, East, against better teams, he'll have to pass more. No. He'll just be mediocre Eli Manning like he always – I mean, if you want to draft – the, he's what, the 13th or 14th average draft position? I mean, if you want to get a value, you draft him 13th and he comes in 10th, that's your guy. No, no, no. I what mean, I'm saying is Dan made the wrong comparison. You want to talk okay. about Randy Moss I don't making Tom Brady? That's Odell Beckham and Eli Manning. You've got the best wide receiver in the league in Odell Beckham. He's unstoppable, literally. Whatever happened to high ceiling guys, not taking – What I'm saying is known. that Eli Manning is a high ceiling guy. He's going right. to throw 35 touchdowns this year because he's got Odell Beckham. And by the way – Are you aware his, his full name is Eli- Elisha? Or yes. That's a factor. I'm not saying draft Eli <laughs> Manning like in the fifth round. but I'm not taking anyone. Anymore. While all these other guys are drafting Peyton in the fourth, hold off and draft Eli in like the ninth round. I'm looking at his career – where he finished among quarterbacks, despite never missing a game, which is, you know, an asset. He's all, he's never Greg somehow is going to use that against him. He's never finished Let's in the top to five once. Go get my lunch. Eli finishes with more pay, more fantasy points than Peyton this year. Ooh. I'll take that. All right. Make sure we note that. Nick Fortier or Fortier. <laughs> yes. Note that. And by the way, Wes, every great quarterback ever has had a great weapon around him to make him better, basically. Randy Moss did that with every quarterback he ever played for, though. I mean, Tom Brady didn't really for most of his career. Well, listen, you know what? The Tom Brady stuff. He didn't become legendary as a producer until Randy Moss entered the. He had three Super Bowls by then, though. Uh, Eli Manning's won Super Bowls. Super Bowls are stupid. (laughs) Okay. Super Bowls are stupid. (laughs) Says the Patriots, man, on the throne of sleaze. All right, let's go through some more guys. Uh, I'll start it out with you, Wes, and Ryan Tannehill, who got a big fat contract that pays him like a superstar. Overvalued or undervalued? He's overvalued. He's being drafted ahead of Eli Manning. He's being drafted ahead of Matthew Stafford, these guys who are going to be top five offenses, I believe, the Lions and the Giants. Tannehill's still Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I don't know if he's good yet. 
I just don't know if he's good. You don't draft him as a QB1 when you don't know if he's good. Before the show, I said properly valued. Wes, you've swayed me. He is a little too high. You know, one of the reasons is he plays in that AFC East where he's going to have to go against the Bills and the Jets four times. I don't think that helps. I don't think he's vastly overrated, but he's a little too high. All right. How about Sam Bradford, Greg? He's undervalued. Well, you know, one of my philosophies I'm going to get to, you know, shoot shoot for the moon. And I think Sam Bradford could have a monster season. He sh- could also get hurt, but it's easy to replace quarterbacks. So take him as your backup, and you might get a top five, top ten guy. Totally agree that you shoot for the moon. Love that philosophy. I think he's exactly – he's being drafted exactly where he should. Basically, after all the good quarterbacks who are reliable, he's being drafted right after Matthew Stafford and Phillip Rivers. Rivers is a good, reliable quarterback. Sam Bradford should be the best of all the Flyers. But he's going in like the 11th, 12th round, like deep. I mean, I'd rather spend two picks on a quarterback in the 7th and the ninth or 10th. Like get both of them. Get a good backup like Bradford. And if you, and then in the back of your draft, maybe you grab Mark Sanchez. I totally agree with that. With your last pick in the draft, take Mark Sanchez because if he starts, he's a QB1. All right. Matt Ryan, Chris Wessling. Uh, we know – I know where um, – Mr. Rosenthal will go with this. He loves his boy, Matt Ryan. But what about you? Slightly undervalued. I I think he could throw for 5,000 yards and over 30 TDs mm. with Kyle Shanahan. And I think Julio Jones is just going to go nuts this year. So I like – I don't think they have a strong running game. Either they're going to have to pass a lot. They have a bad defense. I think Matt Ryan posts some numbers this year. I, our friend Evan Silva thinks he's very overrated. I don't get that. Because he hasn't really done it numbers-wise a lot. But I think this would be the year that he does. Hmm. We should get Evan Silva on the show. We should. Wow, what a missed opportunity during Fantasy Extravaganza Week. Good you know, planning. you Roto, Girl, Roto World guys got to look out for each other. We'll have him on. There'll be plenty of chances to have Evan Silva on. He can talk about anything. Really? Yeah. He, I, he, I've always said nobody writing about football knows as much in, in as many different er, areas as Evan Silva. A renaissance man. He can do your draft. He can do your fantasy. He can do, do your, your laundry. game tape and your laundry. <laughs> I won't ask him to do that. All right, speed round time. Let's go through four more QBs. Let's start with a little Teddy Bridgewater. One point each, guys. Keep it tight. Undervalued. I love him as a quarterback, but not as a fantasy guy. He's overvalued. That's what you That's meant. what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. Overvalued. Exact same reason. They're going to hand the ball off to Adrian Peterson as their offense this year. How about Phillip Rivers? Undervalued. I think that offense is going to be a lot better this year. You got Stevie Johnson. You got to improve Keenan Allen. You've got a rookie who stutter steps every time he approaches the line. You got guaranteed four four thousand forty five hundred yards. Why do we think that Keenan Allen's improved? Well, just from what I've been reading. I listened to the last. Move the Sticks podcast, and he said that Keenan Allen looks fantastic. He didn't really take what is that? I, you're not even bringing up something that I have heard of. <laughs> How about Andy Dalton, Wes? Yeah, boy. Way undervalued. What Again. is going on? This hey, guy- say it undervalued. This is a ridiculous thing. Wes, I just Dalton. realized what Wes is doing. He's covering all his bases. He's no. Andy Dal- Dalton Here's sucks. what I'm doing. He's covered. These he guys are in well. loaded offenses. Who's got better weapons than Andy Dalton? Hey. He had 33 touchdowns and 4,300 yards two years ago. He's not a good NFL quarterback, but he can be a good Here, Here's player. what he is. Don't care valued. It's Andy Dalton. <laughs> Finally, Jameis Winston, the rookie number one pick in Tampa. More, Just about more overvalued than anybody on this list. I mean, Why are you taking him ahead of guys like Andy Dalton, who has had a 33-touchdown season? Jameis Winston's going to have a horrible offensive line. He'll put up some numbers, though. He'll why? Put up numbers, why do we but think But he is that? overvalued. He'll why put do, up numbers. I don't think – There think you go. So. That's the speed round, guys. Good work. Anybody that's listening, if you mess up your quarterback pick now, you're an idiot. Because we gave you everything. And why can't you just listen to us and act as you're told? (laughs) I don't know. 
I, apologize. I don't know. I mean, I apologize to everyone just now. A, I don't know what that was about. This was a big, big show where uh, Wes is honking for Eli Manning and Andy Dalton. What's going <laughs> Only on? Only in fantasy. All right, let's go. Let's finish now. We'll wrap up the fantasy extravaganza with our draft philosophies, and we'll give three each. Uh, you know, just uh, get them out nice and tight. Let us know. Something to go through. Uh, keep in mind, on draft day, we'll start with you, Greg Rosenthal. All right. got to start this year by taking your wide receivers early. I just think that they're much safer bets in the first three, four, five rounds. Just keep taking wide receivers early. Get that apostrophe off the screen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's be your copy oh, editor. No. Uh, my, other, my second point, draft for upside and high ceilings, especially late in the draft. Always take a chance. Take boomer bust guys. Get as many booms as you can. Don't pick safe guys. And then my other thing, pick guys that have done it before, like Colin Kaepernick, coming off bad years. It's a stock market. Pick the guys who struggled a little bit last year, like Mike Wallace, who have done it before. I'm going to give a fourth tip, too. Dan, fill out your lineup before this, the games start on Sunday. That's always a problem for you. <laughs> I'm just I'm serious. That's always a problem. You always show up. You're like, oh, I forgot to change my lineup. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, up next, am I doing mine, Wes, or is it Wes? It's All right, Wes. Wes, your draft philosophies. You'll have all these – you know that there's no such thing as an expert in fantasy football. But you'll have all now these so-called experts and people like Greg Rosenthal telling you which round to draft a certain position. Mm. Don't pay them any attention at all. Just keep drafting the best player in every round. There'll be a name that jumps off your cheat sheet. Draft that guy who jumps off your cheat sheet. Don't do this zero running back strategy or you can't take a quarterback early. Don't have a strategy. Don't have a strategy other than drafting the best player. Okay. I don't know why that's so confusing. Good point. Second thing, don't, don't draft – a talent that you can get off the waiver wire, a guy whose talent level is that low. Mm. Like, don't draft a wide receiver three. Just don't even draft them. You get uh, draft a bunch of flyers at Lightning or Draft who are talented and have a chance to be good. You could pick up a waiver wire guy off the for a wide receiver three every week of the year. Don't draft Joyke Bell. He's not that talented. Don't draft a backup tight end at all. Yeah, draft Amir Abdullah is a special talent. Don't draft an ordinary guy like Joyke Bell. All don't right. draft Danny Woodhead just because he catches sixty passes and gets like eight yards. Once in a while. And your third point? This is a hobby. Don't get in it to make money. Play the stock market if you want to make money. Mm. Have fun. Follow your gut feelings. Your gut feelings are there for a reason because you're well-read. You're knowledgeable. You watch film. You listen to this podcast. You develop a gut feeling. Trust your gut. If you've got a Monday night football decision, play the guy you want to watch. Don't Draft your stable of boys. Draft your, own, your own stable, stable. of boys. Very good. Build it's it, your put team. it in your bedroom. And finally, uh, the old Zeusers draft philosophies. And I'll start with do not overload, uh, or in this, maybe it stands in contrast with what you just said, Wes. Don't overload or reach from players from your own favorite team. Mm, I can see you doing that to one. To me, there's too much riding on it then. If you, if you, in my case, I'll say Brandon Marshall. If Brandon Marshall stinks it out, then not only is my fantasy team doomed, so is my favorite team. So just keep them separate. Number two, if you're the first to, to take a defense in your fantasy draft, up you messed up you blew it let somebody else do it let somebody else take that defense and then because whenever the, the guy that inevitably takes a defense in the seventh round or something he always regrets it and finally don't get bombed a lot of people have these drafts where they all get together they get turned up and then all of a sudden what happens halfway through the draft they're making mistakes they're laughing it off like oh i don't even know who this guy was that guy never wins the league so if you're gonna drink and ha and, and, and you know get that bac up then wait until afterwards. Turn after down for what? 
Yeah, exactly. So no, those are my three wait. That's a good one. You're trying to tell people to turn down. Save the drinks for round 13. You can only get this advice from Dan Hansis, but we still got a little more advice. little surprise. What? We're going to get uh, some advice from our producer, TD. You've got a philosophy. Hey, TD. I've been playing fantasy for three years, won two championships. Three years? In Fantasy Live. And going to pat you off, on the head. <laughs> my, uh, my philosophy is, first off, you got to go young. Look for young quarterback, rookie quarterbacks, their favorite targets. That's a safe blanket. That is Tied ridiculous. Draft people in good offense is not I, young don't quarterbacks. Don't listen to any of these. Can yeah. I go on my list, please? Number two, be your own man, man. Don't solicit fancy advice. Right, don't listen to good. anything good you one. said. Just go with your gut, like Wes was saying. When you win, you want to have that that, pro, that that pride that you did on your own. And lastly, it's a passing league. Play in a PPR league, guys. All that other stuff, forget it. Just play in a PPR league. You want to give points for pass league. attempts too? Hey, might as well. You Number, don't get points for catching a pass. And I have another draft time, philosophy. Guys, don't follow is. young Kobe's draft philosophy. Yeah, no, here's my, my advice. No, Everything TD says, do the opposite. Oh, we're kidding. Poor TD. <laughs> TD, they were good. <laughs> Except for the first one. Come on. I'm just saying. Young quarterbacks. That's like the worst the advice you could possibly hear. Tight ends? Hear. The young tight ends? Hey. No, that's terrible. Hey. You've only hey. been in three, in I've, three I've leagues three and you've won two of them. I've won two championships with the Fantasy Live producers. So. You can't argue with that. Oh, speaking of Fantasy Live, I want to make sure I get a plug in there. We've been talking about fantasy this whole time. And the NFL Fantasy Live, those guys do really good work. Got Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant, Alex Gelhar, Adam Rank, Matt Money-Smith. All those guys do good work. They do a podcast three times a week. And they also have the NFL Live TV show on the network, uh, Fantasy Live. Uh, check that out. If you're, if you're a real nerd, you'll enjoy it. Because it's a lot of narrative. And up for our draft guide we've got online, you know, leagues on NFL.com. I mean, you know what else you can do? You can subscribe to uh, the Around the NFL podcast while you're there looking at the fantasy podcast. Leave us comments. How about that? That's good, Greg. Very subscribe good. Subscribe to tell right. your friends. So that's it. Wes is in love. Uh, Greg's fired up. Uh, I'm just, you know, man in the ship. Hopefully Mark gets out of his ticket. We'll know more about that on Monday. Show Thank you video. for listening uh, to and watching the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be back next week with three more shows. And, again, win Wes's toaster. Send, if you want to be interested, hit up at Producer TD, and we'll get you uh, part of the screening process. So mm. stay tuned for that. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, Chris Wessling, the boss, Rick Rosenthal, TD behind the glass, and everybody else until – next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 